Thank you for listening to Guitar Wank. Uh, <laughs> Come on, not that fucking serious. Do it like you're talking. Thanks a lot for listening to Guitar Wank. Subscribe. Please subscribe to our podcast and check out our website. Okay. Just that simple. <laughs> don't, don't sound like you got a fucking broomstick up your ass. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it took a half a bottle of scotch to get here and you still sound like a white man. Quit it. G'day guys, g'day ladies, welcome to another Guitar Wank podcast, here we go, 2017 baby, we made it, I hope you all out there are safe, you had a great holiday season, whether you celebrated Christmas, Hanukkah, uh, whatever else you celebrated, I hope you had a fantastic New Year's, and uh, I know 2017 is going to be a lot better for all of us than uh, 2016, maybe you had a good time in 2016. Uh, I thought it was a prick of a year, and I'm glad to see it behind us. Um, we've got a lot of cool stuff coming to you guys. We've got NAM uh, coming up, NAM in Anaheim, uh, the end of January, I think it is. Uh, if you're going to NAM this year, come and say hello. We will be there. We're going to be hanging out, doing some interviews, and talking to people. So look out for the Guitar Wank crew. Scott, Bruce, and I will be down there checking everything out. So that should be fun. We've got lots of guests coming. Uh, new gear, new sponsors, new guitar talk, and more of guitar wankerisms that uh, we saw in 2016. We're very stoked that this is number 51 on the episode Guitar Wank Scale. 52 next week will be, wow, a solid year of guitar wank. That's pretty good. So please share the podcast with your friends, your enemies, your mum and dad, and your sister. We uh, really appreciate the support. If you've got any emails and questions, send them to guitarwank at gmail.com catch us on all the social media bullshit outlets and uh yeah and that's all i gotta say let's get into it thank you again for listening and uh keep wankering as i think bruce would say all right guys well uh here we go bruce scott what do we have in store for the guys and the ladies this year in guitar wank podcast
since the podcast began that the music and the notes don't fucking matter. It's the gear. That <laughs> and he just won't listen to me. The day I found out that Miles Davis didn't use a pedal on his horn, I burned my whole fucking Miles Davis. <laughs> boring. Right? <laughs> Talk about boring. Yeah, some people do anything to get out of practicing. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to thank you for listening to Guitar Wank Podcast. We really appreciate it. Please send all donations to guitarwank.com. What else was I supposed to say? No, you're supposed to say please subscribe. <laughs> subscribe. And and visit for more information, visit. Right. But, but that was kinda I like send money, that's okay. <laughs> subscribe and This is from um, <laughs> Sadman Raman. Ra- you know, I fucked his name up. Raman. Oh, you really did it that time. <laughs> you know, it's going to become he, a run- running gag. He, he's mad. Yeah, I'm sorry, mate. But anyway, Sadman. That's what he sounds like. Hi, guys. Big fan of the show and uh, the hang. Until you, you ruined his name. <laughs> I, was, I was a big fan of the show until you fucked my name up. And really love the hang together listening each freaking week. I'm in Minneapolis. I'm a guitar player from there. And I wanted to ask you guys, what do you think of tuning frequencies? The standard remains 440, but I want to experiment with 432 and 444. It sounds good, but I'm really confused. Any suggestions? Thanks. Wow. Wow, what does he do to help this guy? He's a sad man. Okay, here's the deal. Yeah, 432 may sound better. 444 may even sound better. I, I'm not really that crucial. Why 444? But but the thing is, 440 is where everybody plays. Now it's kind of almost crept up to 442 more often than not. But like, but dude, a tune, a dude, it's like, do you realize that you have to play only with instruments that can like move to that place and work? And like a guitar kind of can, obviously string instruments can because there's no frets and they can tune by ear. Mm-hmm. But like you're never going to have a piano that's tuned to that. And keyboard, I guess. And actually, saxophones and stuff have all been made, I believe, since 440. So those instruments, by pulling out the mouthpiece or the tuning slide, like a Trombone wouldn't have problems because it slides, yeah. but even it would because the op- the original close, you know, the position, close position, you'd have to deal with the tuning slide to the point of you'd be screwing with the overtone series because of the length of the airstream. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff involved here. Well, uh, you know, I would agree that maybe 440 isn't perfect. There's all these scientific things about 430, what is it, 432, he said, yeah. that is like, 
it's harmonious to the way the body resonates and stuff, and I don't doubt it. And I believe everybody makes things sharper, just like we make things louder to cut through noise better. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's getting sharper now. And Do you know people that are tuning to 442? Yeah, I mean, shit, for the last long time, man, I've found numerous pianos that are tuned sharp. Really? And Yeah, and people are playing sharper now because it cuts through. It's like instruments are made now to be more like loud than they're made to be toneful. Okay. You know, but and drums, every-, every, every instrument. So things get sharper in order to cut. Cut. And and so I mean, what he's screwing with? Does he have? Is, well, if he's an original band, they're like, all right, guys, we're all gonna go to four thirty. Then go ahead and do it. Yeah, you that's know, great. I mean, and then you know, but it's like, if it's and guy, I suggest he do it and and like find out if his instrument even works at that frequency because it was probably made to be at four forty. Mm. And you are changing with physics at that point. Dealing with the devil. I don't know anything about it, so you haven't touched on it. Nah, I just. I mean, I obviously don't know anything either. <laughs> I obviously don't know anything either. If you listen to my answer, I just do. I just do what my tuner tells me to do. I get says I'm playing A, and well, I, I tune up to it. Do you guys never want to? T- well, it's not different tunings, but do you ever want to tune down to E flat? Man, I tuned actually, E flat for a long time. I did, t- it, did it make you feel better about everything? Well, all it does is just make the guitar sound bigger. Right. Because you can use bigger strings. Yeah. It's not about the tuning. It's about using bigger yeah. strings. And the fact that if the bigger strings are at E, you can't bend the notes because it hurts. <laughs> so it's just about pain. Yeah. It's pain relief is all it is. You tune down to E flat to relieve the like pain. Like Stevie Ray. Strings. Yeah. Stevie Ray did that. So did Hendrix. Yeah. You know, but, you know, yeah. but in my case... Since I'm not a pussy like these guys, uh, I use big strings anyway. all the time. But I mean, like I, when I get on an airplane, I detune my guitar just in case they make me check it or something, and it gets cold. I don't want it to, you know. That's the only time you detune. Yeah, I, 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 I eat E flat tuning actually. Oh, but I'll tell you something about but E flat. No, no, oh. and I play it. You know, of course, I, I tune it down to E flat before I put it away, and I play it. And, you know, and there's a part of me that likes that deep depth of sound. It almost sounds like a baritone to me. But there's also a flappiness to the to it, and a, it's not really as in tune. Hmm. Well, it's just not. If it's you, not if made you went to, to the be. next gauge of strings. It, it might Dude, be. Dude, I'm up to like. But I'm sure they make a bigger set. Hardly. Oh well, that's different. Because you know when you're when you're tens and elevens and twelves, I mean they go up way. You know, so so usually what most guys do on electric guitars is they play tens. Um, I'm sorry. They yeah they play tens at E and elevens at in E flat, and the tension feels about the same. In yeah. fact, I don't really notice a whole lot of difference. No. No. But but the guitar sounds bigger for certain things. But w- what I was going to say is that I believe that 11s don't all, sound all that great for distortion. Um, okay. I think they sound good for that kind of crunch distortion, kind of like a bluesy Stevie Ray Vaughan kind of distortion. But for full-on distortion, 11s sound woofy. Right, too much. They sound... Mm. They don't... You lose the stringiness. You, you, you lose the speak speaking quality the vocal quality of the instrument tens yeah. actually work better yeah nines or tens actually work better for distortion. unless you're down distortion. to e flat 
Right. right? Huh? Unless you're down. To no, e even flat. if you're in E flat, it's just, oh, okay. it's just not about the pitch. It's just about the size of the string the mass. and the mag the mass of the string to the pickup. Because when the string gets too big, it starts woofing out when you add so much distortion to it. Right. You know. So tens, I, I think, are much better. Well, but better you know, in my case, you know, I got like thirteens or fourteens on my guitar, and I take it down to E flat. And I noticed that the instrument, while it sounds bigger, obviously it's less tension, it's easier to play, it's not as in tune. Mm -hmm. It's just okay. not. Yeah. And it's I think probably because, feels because the physics, the way it was built, is yeah. made for this pitch and this tension, you know, mm -hmm. and I mean, and I'm not saying it couldn't be if if we went back to the drawing board with that as our yeah you'd probably goal. have to get a better another setup on it and just make yeah. it really dialed in you know it's yeah. funny when i borrowed bruce's guitar to play that standard on my vibe station album i thought it was going to be really hard to play being an electric guitarist and trying to tackle a hollow body that thing played like butter. That's so a great easy guitar. to play. Wow. And I actually had way more problem playing my telly. That thing <laughs> killed me. My hand felt like it was going to fall off playing the telly because the strings are so much tenser yep. on the telly. And so not just to bend the strings, but even just to push them down. It was like a really difficult instrument for me to play. So much different than a Strat. Yeah. I had a much easier time playing the hollow body. Hmm. Well, there you go. So, um, um, whatever he's, Sadman? Uh, Sandman? <laughs> Sandman. Mr. Sandman. Sadman. We'd like to take this moment to say thank you for listening to Guitar Podcasts. Try guitar wank next time. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. I don't know. That's this is like jazz. There's a lot of stuff to remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, le <laughs> but less improvisation. <laughs> That's why I don't play jazz. <laughs> We'd like to take this time to thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. And uh, it's... Ah, penis, penis, <laughs> and vaginas. <laughs> <laughs>
club is now. Uh, did you ever do it at Vibrato? Was it? No, you never did it there. No, but we worked. There was a jazz club there. Right. It right. was. Uh, Rocco's? Rocco's, yeah. But that was before Spazio, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So you went from Papa John's to Rocco's to Spazio. And then after Spazio's, he went into Luke Lake. Lucy's. Lucy's. Lucy's, right. Right. And then to Viva Cantina. Yeah. 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 Well, that's not that many places. In 20 years? (laughs) In 20 years, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. Well. (laughs) And and, And just name some of the people you've had. I mean, let's just, for those people who are completely, like I say, living under a rock. How, who, who is well, we so we uh, the first person I called because I figured George Van Epps did the first one at Dante's, and I called George and uh, and he he did the first uh, the opening guitar night, which was in wow. September seventeenth or something like that. Anyway, so we're actually I've been talking about this going into twenty years, but actually we're going to be starting twenty years, so it's uh, this this September coming. So we'll be into 20 years. And, wow. And, and uh, you know, I've had a lot of great players. I mean, we actually did one. We were, we were, we were doing some tour, and we booked, uh, we, we did one at uh, Birdland in New York. And we actually sold out. We had all, all the New York hot guitarists came in and played. And, and George Benson was there. He didn't play, but he stayed the whole night. And, you know, This is some great shit. I'm going to make you do more because it's so good. (laughs) Start sucking and I'll let you quit. (laughs) There's two ways you can look at that. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It'd be kind of hard to talk that way, joke what's a joke okay let's hear it dan dan greenwood writes in he's like uh, first he says two trombones in unison (laughs) whatever that means did you guys tell a joke about that two trombones in unison yeah i think think yes yeah all right he's got one more joke he says uh a bass player is screaming at a child in a rehearsal studio a passerby stops and asks why are you being so mean to that child the bass player says, he's detuned one of my strings. And the passerby just looks blankly at the bass player. And the bass player shouts, and he won't tell me which one. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Berlin used to tell that joke yeah. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Oh, I like that one. You guys have another joke to back that up? Can't think of one right off the Ah, oh, you pussies. <laughs> I love that. This is from Alexander Markov. Markov. I didn't fuck that name. I That's... think you did. <laughs> Every name, I'm just going to fuck it up. 
Hi guys, I really appreciate guitar players from different styles and usually there is something obviously unique in every individual every individual or one of them to be recognized straight away. However, there are players who play in certain cliche way, at least to me, who, who I also enjoy very much. This occurred to me when I was listening to Doug Aldridge. Do you guys know Doug? I know him, but I haven't heard him play in a long time. When he was listening to Doug Aldridge the other day, he, he, um, he ticks all the boxes for full-blown rock style playing. That's probably why. And without some apparently unique element in his tone or technique. And yet I find him fascinating and stylish. So my question is, am I missing something or music can be great even without ambitions of being different? Yeah. Oh, yes. Of course it can. Right? Yes. I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, I don't think I don't think you have to have a even have and Doug to have is a, an amazing it player. Doesn't have to have a voice to be good. I mean, it's just quality is quality. Just because it's not innovative doesn't mean that it's not good. It would be, really suck if everyone was in it. If everyone was like no, so amazing, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, you know, like I, it was funny. I was innovative like, isn't necessarily good either. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I was at my daughter's dance recital the other the other the other night, um, and they were playing a lot of pop music. I only recognized a couple tunes um, that were. One of them was obviously Beyonce. I could definitely <laughs> hear her voice in one note. I knew it was her. But there were a lot of pop tunes, and they all seemed to follow a similar formula, kind of. You know, not that they were all exactly the same tune, but they all kind of had a stylistic similarity. Mm. But I really enjoyed this music. Like, whoever picked the music really did a good job of picking some great tunes. And yet, even though I didn't really feel like any one of those songs was breaking any new ground at all, still really some great music that yeah. I heard that I didn't know about existed. And I was like, I wonder who these artists are, because I would buy their record. Because yeah. it was really good, and I was I was just wondering who the fuck are these people? Why haven't I heard this? You know, and I bet I could ask my daughter, and she'd know who every one of those songs was. Right. You know? But I was amazed by how um, minimal some of the oh, the nice. drummer the drummer's here. Drum roll. I was I was amazed by how minimal some of the beats were. Right. You know, just there wasn't a whole lot of stuff going on with the beats. You know, not full drum set. Sometimes just a bass drum, yeah, or some kind of low sound, and that's it. Yeah, Not, you know, like some like, simplicity is so very sim simplistic beats, yep. and yet the yet the orchestration was done so well that you didn't miss anything. It would just sound really full and great. Maybe it was and Justin Bieber. Some good singers. It could have been. Who knows? <laughs> he man? plays I drums have now. No idea. <laughs> no, I don't know what he does. Oh my god. No, I mean, come on. Music's music. You know. He, you get up to play, you don't think about it being innovative. You think about sounding good and telling your story. You know what I mean? And what do you guys And that's guys like I mean, moments. you know, it's like and that and yes, there are people that make music just to be like all the other kinds of music because it's pleasant and whatever. But I don't think that's what this guy's talking about. You know, it's like not everybody can set the world on fire. Not everybody's a Charlie Parker. No, not everybody. Not has everybody's to. a Wayne Shorter. You know, and yet that doesn't make you any less valid or any less quality or any less full of integrity. <clears throat> you know, come on, people, let's just tell your story. 
You know, it's like, God, it's like, are we all competing with each other? Is this, what's this about? Well, the only thing That's that, the only thing that can sort of degrade it is when you want to be like an improviser and you listen to one guy so much that you sound <clears throat> way too much like the guy you're listening to. That's not necessarily a good thing because it's better to sound generic than to sound like another guy but just not as good. Mm. You know, I would rather not... I, I don't think I would want to sound like someone else to the point where every time someone hears me, they say, oh, you sound like this guy. You know? Yeah. I mean, that that's where you kind of draw the line. It's but like, you know, better to listen to everybody. People don't and, know, you know shit. I mean, no offense to all y'all listening out there. <laughs> to our listeners. Listeners, don't, you don't I, know shit. I don't mean for you to take it personally or nothing. But, I mean, like, God, I don't know how many times I've had people tell me I sound like somebody. And yeah, yet, but and you know it's not true. And though. there's no, and there's a little bit of that person in me, but that's because I'm playing a jazz guitar sound, yeah, and that's the only jazz guitar player they fucking know. But but you know, you I know mean, what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's it, you know, I, mean, I know. I'm, yeah, the, the occasional, the, the occasional, <laughs> the occasional yeah. educated listener. Yeah, but you 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 told that story last week that I don't. I know you don't want to tell. Uh, um, and and what, uh, which one? You know the one about the guy who sounded exactly like somebody, and then that somebody screwed his girlfriend. Oh, oh that yeah. story. So no, we, we okay, okay. So how do people know who's talking? Yeah, nobody does. This is Scott. Tim here. No, the, the beauty of it is that when a guy writes in and he says that the show is too sexist, especially a lot of the stuff that Bruce says, and oh, Bruce got, wait Bruce a got blamed for it. And I'm like, way worse than him. Yeah, yeah, I get blamed for shit he says. Oh my God. It's okay, though. I can take it. Start again. Try and avoid the uhs. Okay. Every time uh, you want to say uh, just say penis. <laughs> That'll stop it. <laughs> penis. <laughs> All right. I remember one time with with uh, with not the Earl but uh, Pass. Uh, I went there one day and I was just to, to hang with Joe. And he said, "I'm doing a class there." He said, "Oh, come on, we'll do some playing and stuff." But it was a class in playing solo guitar, and there were about 30 students there. And and Joe was funny. Like after we leave the class, and he said, "What the hell do these kids 
what do they think they're going to do? What do they? What? Why do they want to? Say? He said, "Don't they know I have the only gig in the world, <laughs> like solo, solo guitar?" You know. <laughs> We've talked about Joe a lot on this podcast. Oh, we, we told some pretty funny stories about him. Oh, I could the, tell the you. The funniest thing I always think of is that, that when I would play with him, he would always. I would. I was a student, oh. and I would play, sometimes. Me and Jeff Berlin and. And yeah. Joe would just sit around and play standards, and Joe uh -huh. would always, if I played something bad, Joe would always just look at me and go, what the fuck did you play that for? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> really tactful, really made me feel great. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, talking about that, that kind of thing, I'll never forget one time uh, Joe Pass and I were, uh, 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 Cristo was in town, it was around the NAMM show, and uh, Charlie Terenza had the restaurant Pasta Michi out, in, and so we made arrangements. We were going to meet uh, Diacuisto and, and hang there and have dinner and stuff. So we get there, and Diacuisto uh, never, he, something happened. He couldn't, he didn't show up. But in, in, when we got there, who do we run into but, uh, but, but Tommy, uh, uh, Tommy and Frank Zappa. Oh, I've seen that picture. Yeah, yeah. So I've seen that picture. That, yeah, too. I know the checker tablecloth. Yeah, and yeah it's Joe right. Pass and John Tommy, and Tommy Tedesco and Frank so, Zappa. Yeah. So anyway, and you know, Tommy, God bless him. He he always wanted to be a jazz player, and and he always would resort to doing some different. You know, he did, well anyway. Yeah. Make a long story short. Zappa was there, and, and Tommy was kind of showing showing off. We started playing, you know, and we played some with Zappa, some blues and stuff. But right in the middle of it, so Tommy is, is playing and doing some of his shtick, and 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 Pass was playing also. And I think, yeah. You know, and uh, anyway, Pass stopped, and he said, "Tommy, what the fuck are you doing?" He said, "Man, we're serious about this." <laughs> and you know what? It hurt Tommy's <laughs> feelings. Yeah. It really hurt his and he yeah. I I had I didn't talk to him for some reason, you know, I, I didn't run into him like it was a couple of months later and he and he and he went back to he said, John, he said, I was just trying to do that because, you know, of Zappa and he and it was like making excuse because yeah. but it really hurt his feelings. Yeah. And uh, but Joe, you know, Joe could do that. Well Joe well, definitely know. could do that because he <laughs> oh, yeah. was, especially if you were playing with him. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, Guy's great musician, and, you know, if he played some <laughs> stupid shit, he would tell you about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, he was known for that. Uh, Joe uh, was, uh, he was, he was amazing. He, 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 I, in t doing, touring around with him, and I remember one time, uh, we were someplace in, in the States here, and, and, uh, it must be, I think it was up in uh, in San Francisco, the, uh, or what is that, Oriental? The uh, Yoshi's. Yoshi's, yeah. And, uh, and and Joe played this, he always sounded great, and he just, this night he played, it was like one of those nights he was really on and everybody felt it, you know. And so I, uh, I, I, I finished the set and then he came. He came out. Uh, he would do a solo thing before we came up, you know. So, but after that, Joe came down, and I said, "Joe, I said, Jesus, man, that's, that's so beautiful. How, how do, how do you do that, man?" And he looked at me and he said, 
John, he said, you could do the same thing. And I, and I, I started laughing. I, he said, you know, the only difference is I have more grips than you. <laughs> you know, what he called a, a grip a was grip. something he could right. grip and grab it right away. More but grips. He, he had more, more grips. He liked that word, grips. <laughs> more grips. <laughs> he griped, too. He did a lot yeah. of griping. I've told this story on the podcast before we're going to tell you because it's just funny. What's, what's You'll that? get a kick out of it because they asked, he was doing some interview in, in the Los Angeles Times for some you know interview thing and he, they asked him who's an upcoming jazz player that that you know that you're that you like and he mentioned me and he said well there's this guy scott henderson you know he plays that kind of music where you don't know what the hell the melody is <laughs> <laughs> that's great like, yeah, he, thanks yeah, yeah. that's jazz right <laughs> A gentleman I know from an undisclosed continent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we're not so even sure it was a gentleman. But this human who plays the guitar from an undisclosed continent admired this one guy so much. Now, hold it. Admire this one guy. And this guy's a famous guitar player? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, it depends. In certain well, circles, famous. Yeah. Um, and he, he sounded just like him. He just was just so in love with him. And all he could do was talk about him. And he wore the same clothes, had the same hairdo. You know, it was just all about this guy. This guy just hung the moon for this. Right. And for a long time. And he was quite a good player. But he sounded exactly like this guy. As best as he could, could right, and, and okay. you know, and and it's all he did was want to be just like him and do what he was doing and that stuff. And this guy had a uh, really cool and beautiful girlfriend, right, or wife. I don't know one of the two. And uh, he just somehow had the opportunity to finally hear his idol and meet his idol. Okay. And he, he went and he heard and he met this idol and he brought his wife-girlfriend with him. And this idol proceeded to sleep with his girlfriend. <laughs> and not in a way like he wanted her for himself and he, you know, like, 
take he just like it was a night he wasn't offering and she obviously heard nothing about that this guy was like the world's greatest human being and so when (laughs) i mean i i can't help but the woman had a mind of her own so it wasn't like the guy brainwashed her into sleeping with this guy but there was contributory negligence on a lot of sides and anyways this this was like a a huge 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 thing to this guy so much so that years afterwards when i was hanging out with him he had to tell me this story personally even though i knew about it because it's the kind of shit you hear about yeah but he even on our first day hanging out together and playing together he told me this story did he tell it with just pain in his voice was it yeah yeah and okay that's the story yeah, but the, it goes on. It does. Yeah, because the, the 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 horribleness of it is not just that the guy slept with his so, girlfriend. The horribleness of it is that now that you hate your idol, how the hell do you stop sounding like him <laughs> after you spent the last twenty years learning to sound exactly like that's him? That's true. Now, how do you stop sounding like him? And how do you, you know, so every you, time you pick up the guitar, you're going to think of him. Yeah. And he's just hooked up with your missus. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's painful. Well, except for it does create, if you were Buddhist, you'd be cool with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you'd realize that you don't own other people and things are meant to happen for a reason. Well, and maybe this, he... this is a huge opportunity to learn a big lesson in life. You know, one is which, if his missus hooked up with that guy, she wasn't the right missus. That's A1. A2, you don't really need to validate your life by the way somebody else is doing it. There's a lot of life lessons there that he may have learned that all of us have yet to learn. Mm -hmm. So think about that. I can't. I'm I, just trying to paint a pig on a uh, paint lipstick on a pig here, but I'm doing trying to as polish best a I turd. <laughs> you're, you're polishing a very large turd right now. Yeah, you're but a, you know, nice it's going to be a shiny ass piece of shit, isn't it? <laughs> you know what? I mean, as stupid as it sounds. <laughs> I get it because I've had the same thing happen to me. Oh what? my god! Someone, oh, it was Scott. Okay, I gotta admit it now. It was Scott. No, no, no. But it's like it's like I've been in situations where I've been at gigs, and a guy will introduce me to his girlfriend, and I see the girlfriend kind of looking all gaga at me, right. like like because she's heard my name so much for who knows how many years because this guy. Is a real fan, right. you know. He listens. He's bought all my records. He has all the Tribal Tech records, and he probably talks about me all the time. So now this girl is looking at me like, "Wow, there's the real deal. There's the guy my boyfriend idolizes." So you I know? should bang so him. So probably, no, well, no, you know, no, I, I no. mean, they may not think that, but 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 who they're knows? They're very I mean, interested. It, it, they're very interested, and you know, you, you think if if you were the kind of person that wanted to work that to your advantage, you probably could. Right. Yeah, you know? and vice and, versa. If if your old lady had some woman she really looked up to, right? Like Martha Stewart. 
or whatever. <laughs> Oprah. And, I don't care. And if I met Martha Oprah, Stewart. Oprah. Oprah. Okay. I'd, I'd do Oprah in a second. Okay. Then. Well, you know. Okay. I'll call her. I'll, I'll call her and let you know. Uh, but I think she's busy this month. But anyways. She, she'd want me. Yeah. Well, I'll, call, I'll make a call. That's all I can say. Let's see what happens. But... Um, it's just natural that one would be curious about this human being to the point of wanting to sleep with them or the point of, you know, of, of what, first of all, even if you wanted to sleep with them, you realize how much damage you're doing to this other person. There's a lot more to it than that. But yeah, I'm just saying, if my wife, really, there was this woman she just thought the world about, and then I got to meet her, I would be interested in her and not... Not necessarily, not at all about sleeping. I'm just talking about, I would be interested in this human being to find yeah. out what makes her tick, what is yeah. about her that she really likes. You know, I yeah, mean, uh, that's all the, I'm it, crea about. it creates a conduit of interest yeah. right. that creates possibilities for wacky shit to happen. Right. That's right. Clearly. All I'm talking about is a high interest level. Yeah. Yeah. Because how can you not be interested in someone that your boyfriend's been talking about for all this time? And finally, <laughs> you're meeting this person and you're going, wow, so this is the guy my boyfriend's been what a raving letdown. about. Him. Yeah, what a letdown. <laughs> He's really ugly. <laughs> hey. And I didn't even dig the concert. <laughs> and I hated the way he played, God. And then she's looking at her boyfriend going like, maybe I ought to stay with that dentist. Yeah. I knew. Yeah, you know? right. uh, just for the record, my missus doesn't even think of you guys. So she's <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, that's kind of insulting. She was kind of nice to me today. She was very nice to me that today. Me I mad, remember man. that. I'm going to talk she to her about that. She wasn't that nice. <laughs> yeah, she was very nice. Oh my God, that's just got it. That's a horrible story, and we had. Anyways, and I don't know why you brought it up. <laughs> I well, I brought it up because kind of it's story. not a good idea to sound too much like somebody else. Oh, that's true. That's the point. That's that's, the, that's point. the real lesson. One of the lessons to be learned. So here. what happens with all those um, cover tribute bands? <laughs> they make a lot of money. They make money. That's purpose yeah. of that you know, is to make so, money. So hey, you know, I mean, a lot of you're representing a lot of people that didn't have to get a job. Yeah. Well. A different job. <laughs> oh, man. This is from Anton. Thank you for that question. Was, was... Anton? What's his last name? Anton. Um... Anton Um. That's no, I good... can't do it because it looks like he's um he's Russian. He, okay. Like, I don't know. Okay. But You're, it... You got to pass on that one. Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> but no, seriously, his email looks like he's Russian. So you mean right. he's Russian? He's speeding up? He's... he's... <laughs> yeah. Pashli, Pashli. <laughs> okay. um, Anton says, he says, hi guys. Um, time to add weekly question from Anton. Okay. <laughs> just, no, nah, just kidding. He says, um, he said, I have a list of questions so huge. I can't send it all to you. One show won't be enough. Um, also, two of you are teaching and see what kids are doing these days. What my favorite. Okay. Uh, so here's <laughs> the first question. Um, his first question is... Is he in, practicing his English or some shit? <laughs> no, what the I'm fuck just, I'm here? just reading through it in front okay, of you. Okay, okay. Thank you. <laughs> in, what direction, uh, in what direction guitar is going as an instrument? <laughs> <laughs> that, I'm just reading what's here. Well, you know, there's a translation. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, do you see new players which t are taking the guitar in a completely new direction and level? Yeah, where is guitar heading? Come on, guys, tell me. Well, well, we have to admit that, that 
technically there are young players who have who are just pushing the boundaries beyond. Yeah. I mean, you know, you'll get a guy like George Benson who'll do something ungodly amazing. There's some 16-year-old kid in Croatia or wherever. Like your 12-year-old kid in India, right? Yeah, who's who's just playing the shit faster and the same, you know, copying. I mean, and this is a, a, a teenager already doing that. Hmm. Where are they going to go? A kid like Julian Lodge, who's really an amazing player, you know, uh, was playing unbelievably well at the age of 12. Wow. I mean, I knew him. I, I gave him a lesson, you know. I mean, he's like, he lived in my area, you know. I played concerts with him. Uh, it's not strange to see that he's in his 20s and he's just like technically pushing the instrument and musically in a ways that are just brilliant and beautiful. So, yes, it is, that's just the natural, especially with the exposure to all that's happening in the world through the internet and young people. They're starting where guys like Barney Kessel and George Benson and Scott Henderson have worked their whole life to attain. They've re reached a level, and these kids get to listen to that and just copy it right now at a very young age. Right. The talented ones. Where they take that, that's the question. We don't know. What musically will happen with that amount, crazy amount of ability, child prodiginess, we don't know what that's going to happen. And, you know, very likely, the true innovation will come from people who have to work really freaking hard at it because they didn't do it as a child prodigy. They started late, later, like a West Montgomery, and they just had a sheer musical imagination, took the shit in another direction. How old was Wes? You said Wes supposedly late. was in his late teens when he started, and yeah, he wasn't like a child prodigy, you know, in any stretch of the imagination. Okay. Supposedly, I mean, and I wish I'd asked Buddy, who I worked with, about it. I just felt like he didn't want to talk about Wes because Wes was the, you know, famous brother. Buddy was really a brilliant piano player and vibes player, really brilliant, but. I'm just saying that where it goes, will it come from one of these prodigies who like technically are, you know, taking the instrument well beyond what I think our generation can do? Or whether it'll be somebody who really can't play shit, but here's, here's something else that mm. the instrument can do. Yeah. I guess all of the above will be the answer. And, and you know, with all respect, Anton, what's your thing? Who cares? Do your thing. Yeah. It's like we're here on earth being human beings with your group, with your community. You know, is it all about the the Charlie Parker, the Jimi Hendrix, or is it about just playing music and letting that shit sort of take care of itself is the question to me there. Okay, I've wasted enough of your time.
here south of the border. Man, this hangover is so bad. The hair on my knees is hurting. And why am I in this mariachi costume? I knew I shouldn't have taken that gig with Tom Waits. Oh, I gotta get back for the podcast. I, I wonder if they have Uber down here. But, um, you know, we, we have a lot in common, it turns out. Uh, everybody knows you worked with Eric Clapton and, and the Everly Brothers, and everybody knows I didn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> Eric's birthday today, actually. Yeah, and happy birthday, Eric, although by the time this airs, it won't be his birthday anymore. No, but uh, I know you've got a great career as a sideman, but of course you have a very prolific career as a leader and a music director. And it's, it's just like a lot of hats throughout your career. Did, 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 were there a conscious choices? I know a lot of us in this business, we just kind of go with where the gigs are, and then we kind of end up at a certain age, and you look back and go, oh, that's what I did. You yeah, know? well, that's pretty much the way it's been. You know, Most of my life I've been a sideman. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I guess I became a, a solo artist in the, in the 80s. Mm-hmm. A, f- a friend of mine in England ran a, a steel guitar festival that you know, he, he ran it for about 20 odd years and uh, he was running out of steel players so <laughs> he said oh, I think I'll have start having some guitar players there as well would you come over and uh, and and play I said well what do you want me to do he said well you know we do an hour or so and uh, you know sing a bunch of songs and so uh, I was you know, put in the hot seat there. I, I, there I was fronting a band for the first first time. Oh, wow. I'd, you know, I'd sung with bands before uh, as as one of the vocalists, but uh, to do a whole show as me was a, a little nerve-wracking, but it went really well, and, uh, and I did another 27 years with that band. Yeah, but I mean, did, was Europe. there a moment, like what you said, because uh, obviously... It's easy, I mean, I do a lot of sideman work too. It's easy to be a sideman. You just get called and you, you play the gigs as long as they come in. Mm. But to be a leader, obviously, there's a lot more uh, energy has to go into it and a lot more thinking, and one would hope or one would assume. Was there yeah. a decision that you made at some point to say, hey, I think I want to go down this road more? No, or? no, yeah, I was forced into it. You were forced my, into yeah, it. by my friend. And, and, then, and then you got used to the money and then... Uh, well, uh, after, that, <laughs> after that first gig... I thought, well, this is, this is easier than I thought. You know, I thought I was going to be a nervous wreck up there mm-hmm. and trying to keep it all together for an hour, hour and a half. But uh, it uh, it went really well, and we started to put shows together directly after that. I mm-hmm. think it wasn't long after that we actually went off to Yugoslavia and did a, a TV show there. Wow. But uh, we, uh, yeah, and, and that, uh, it was great to mix it up because... Um, prior to that, you know, I'd been a, a sideman and I was working, you know, I was working with Clapton and then I started to work with it, with the Everly Brothers at mm-hmm. the same time and and then I started to do my, my solo thing. So I was juggling all three there for a while and then I got fired from Eric mm-hmm. and carried on with the Everly Brothers and, and with, with my band. And then uh, I guess a few years later, I started to work with Bill Wyman, so then I was juggling 
uh, the Everly Brothers and Bill Wyman and my band, and then the you know the Everly Brothers quit, and uh, I still work with Bill occasionally, but he's he's going to be 80 years old this year, mm -hmm. so uh, we won't be doing much more, I would imagine, you know. Scott. You've kind of answered, he's got four questions and I think you've kind of answered all those questions in that one answer because he asks um, what's next in terms of technique and sound and overall rhythm and melodic as a, using it at, uh, on the instrument. You can't really look at it that way. You can't, right? It's not a, it's like, it's like trying to make art into math. Yeah. You can't. No. You can't, you can't possibly predict in a technical way or in a scientific way, what's going to happen next on the instrument? It's just somebody's going to do it. When Eddie Van Halen came along, who knew that using one finger on your right hand to tap on the fretboard was going to create all that wonderful stuff that he sort of invented? You know, I'm not really sure if he's the one that invented it, but he's the one that kind of brought it to. Mainstream. Public attention, yeah. mainstream, that you can tap, two-hand tap the guitar. And by that same thing in jazz, Stanley Jordan brought that. No one had ever heard anything like Stanley Jordan before he came along. And in my mind, Stanley Jordan is more a pianist who just happens to play, play the guitar. guitar. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Because he approaches the, the guitar like a piano, like he plays the same way that a piano player would play, only it's a guitar and not a piano. But yet, if you look at it in a guitaristic way, no one ever did that before him. No, no. So, so there, there's, and, and I'm sure there are plenty of new things that there will be, you know, that, that, that people will, will invent, but I don't think it happens so often. I think it happens once every 10 or 20 years when someone comes along and does something completely haywire, you know. And even those guys like Julian Lage, for example, he's an excellent player, but he's not innovative. No. You know, he's he's a great player. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's a wonderful musician, but innovative? No. He's a jazz guitarist. Yeah. And he's a great one, one yeah. of the greatest ones, but innovative? No. Right. He's not doing anything no, in, in, that no one has done before, and neither am I, for that matter. Hmm. You know, I'm just playing an electric guitar and playing some jazz notes, but I don't think I'm innovative. Hmm. You know, I'm not. I'm not. Now, now, some some people would say Jeff Beck is innovative. Well, not if you've heard Les Paul, because hmm. that's where Jeff Beck got a lot of his stuff. You could say this guy's innovator or that guy's innovative. But you know who's really innovative? Holsworth. That's an innovative guitarist. You know why? Because you can't hear one single influence. <laughs> yeah, right. That's when yeah. you know someone is innovative, when you yeah. can't hear one single influence of where that guy learned how to play like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I'd ever heard anybody that sounds like Van Halen before I heard Van Halen. I never heard anybody that sounded like Holsworth before I heard Holsworth. That's true innovation. I never heard anybody like Stanley Jordan until I heard Stanley Jordan. 
Yeah. That's true innovation. And there's only a few, isn't there's there? Only, there's only not that many. When you really not think that about many. It like when you that. really think of it in a, in a really, really specific thing that someone does, there's not that many innovative players. And in, yet, in and that's by that definition, you the yes, but that's not the only definition of innovative there is. Cool. Well, that's true. I mean, there's a lot of different levels, levels of, yeah. of innovation. I could say that I'm an innovator in that I was one of the first guys who used a who uses a really high gain sound and plays a jazz vocabulary, a real jazz vocabulary. You know, most of the guys who play a high gain sound like I do attempt a jazz vocabulary, but they haven't really studied jazz enough to really be able to play that vocabulary. So I'm innovative in that way because I was one of the first guys to do it. Schofield kind of did it before me, but he doesn't have a high gain sound. He was playing kind of like a more of a bluesy crunch kind right. of tone. It wasn't really high gain. I came along with like a seriously high gain sound and I'm playing of jazz vocabulary. Those two things kind of, I kind of was one of the first guys to merge those two things together. So in that way, I'm innovative. But did I really do anything that's, that, I mean, come on, you know. I mean, right. it, if you look at compared to Holsworth, <laughs> Holsworth is way more inv innovative than I, ha than I am because he came up with a whole completely unique style of playing the guitar. I didn't and, do that. And, and I think you said, Bruce, that, I mean, you could be, in, you could, create new stuff on the guitar and do something completely unique that no one's ever done before. But maybe it just sounds like complete shit too. True. So good. You know, Doesn't have to be I good. I did say that once, didn't I? But it is true though. <laughs> and, 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 and you know, and look, look, we're, and yet at the same time, we're all playing notes and rhythms. Yeah. The thing okay. Is, like, like, is that any different than Horowitz or, or Stravinsky or Bach or back before that? You know, I mean, dig your way back, really, is that innovative is just the mind of the beholder. And I, I don't, I'm not disagreeing with Scott, I'm agreeing with him. Yeah. You know, there's levels of it, there's, dude, everybody brings something new, uh, except me, I'm completely not innovative. I'm the only one you'll find that's not innovative at all. I'm just creative. I don't right. want to be innovative. I just want to be creative. I don't want the fucking innovative. burden of innovation. <laughs> I want to just fucking play, okay? Right. You don't want you that know, pressure. But, but I have to say one, add one more thing. You know, this guy's talking about just the context of guitar, which is so fucking boring. Who gives a shit about an instrument? It's music. That, mm. that, that, that's what I care about. Hey. I you know, I hate like, music. <laughs> I just I just like the way it sounds. Okay, <laughs> but he's 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 like you know he's he's putting the guitar in a bubble, and saying okay what's going to happen with the guitar? Who fucking cares? Mm. You know what's going to happen with music? That's what I'm interested in. Yeah. Like when is and I don't mean to diss. I'm, I'm going to sound. I'm gonna Come on, diss, diss. No, grandpa. Have a grandpa. Oh, I got a hemorrhoid. <laughs> oh, shit. I got a corn in my toe. Yeah, now, what's yeah, happening? Because yeah, I know I'm going to sound like a grandpa now. <laughs> no, go, go for it. I want go, a geezer moment. Not, a geezer moment. I'm not hearing a lot of stuff that's new that I find to be all that great. Uh, the stuff that I find to be all that great is the stuff that I 
has already been around for quite a while. Right. I'm still kind of waiting for someone to, to come out with something new and great. And you know what? You know who has a possibility of it? Jacob Collier. You know, he's a brilliant musician. You know, I would like to see that guy write some music that's as brilliant as his arranging. Then I would kind of go, wow, this is something, wow. You know, mm. I don't want to hear him do, uh, um, I mean, I do want to hear him do Don't You Worry About a Thing, because I think it's great. It's an incredible arrangement, and, I, and he's a brilliant musician. Or what's that band, um, 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 Snarky Puppy, mm. or there's another band, Dirty Loops. Right. All really good musicians. Good musicians. I mean, really, these guys play their asses off, all of them. But I'm still waiting to hear their own music like and make me go, wow, like Wayne Shorter did when he wrote Atlantis. Right. Or, or some of the, the writing that's like he did with Weatherport or the writing that Joe Zawinul, because when I hear that music, that's the last innovation I've heard since Miles Davis. And, you know, the, the period between Miles Davis and Joe Zawinul and Weatherport, that spans a good 20 years before that, a new yeah. something came along with that, that inventiveness. I don't think there's been anything that inventive since Weather Report. Yeah, in but, jazz. but, okay, I, in jazz. You're talking about specifically in jazz. I'm, I'm talking about in jazz. And you're talking about kind yeah. of in that particular, even subset of jazz. I, I can't think of anything that, that, to my ears, has been super innovative since Weather Report. Mm. I can't think of anything. That I that I I would hold in such high esteem as far as the playing and the writing and all together. to get an amplifier you know. so uh, so uh, i mean th this is the this is the big turning point for for the guys in england at that time this was 1960 mid 1960 i guess um I, I was in the music shop there that mostly sold hoffner guitars you know and they said well we're getting some american amps in you know you maybe you'd like to get one of those you know so i looked at the catalog and i thought Wow, this looks great, you know. And it was a Supro, a Supro with a... Oh, I love those amps. Yeah, and I chose the Supro with a 15-inch Jensen. Ooh. And it went, I mean, that, that, I just picked it out of the catalogue, and they were getting a shipment in, in in a month or so. So I put a deposit down on this amp, and it eventually came in, and of course I loved it, you know. And uh, not long after that, 
the American guitars came in because uh, it's not generally generally known here but um, we couldn't get uh, American stuff uh, uh, around that up until that time because there was an, an import embargo on luxury goods and they were regarded as luxury items not oh, not necessary items you right. know so they they lifted that embargo in in 1960 so uh all of a sudden there was a wall full of Gibson guitars in in Selma's the big music shop you know and the the shop that I bought my, this Grazioso guitar they had Fender guitars in there so um I think I was in uh, I was in Selma's one day and I realized I've got to get a, a real guitar, you know, an American guitar. And I'd already persuaded a friend of mine to buy, buy uh, he was going to buy an English guitar. And I said, no, 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 no. I said, they've got, they've got Gibsons in Selma's now. Come on, let's go up and uh, I'll help you choose a guitar. So he bought this Les Paul Jr which I immediately borrowed, of course, you know, so, and it sounded great through this, uh, through this Supro. And I also had a tape echo unit at that time, which a lot of people had around that time. So I, you know, I just had a fantastic sound, you know, that uh, generally people didn't have at that time, you know. So uh, I thought, I've got to get, I've got to get one, I've got to get a Gibson. And so I'd make my uh, little pilgrimage up to the, store on Saturdays and uh, and um, I think I had my heart set on an ES-175 for some reason because it, it it closely resembled what Scotty was playing he was playing a Super 400 mm -hmm. and that was about what I could afford at the time and I thought well yeah maybe with a Bigsby on it as well you know but I, I'd go out there and play around in the store and and this guy heard me playing and uh, I said, oh, are you in a band? I said, well, I'm kind of in between at the moment. He said, well, we need a guitar player. You know, if you, maybe you'd, you'd be interested and uh, you won't need a guitar. We've got a guitar already, you know. So uh, um, he said, come over to my house. So I, I, we drove over to his house and uh, he opened up this guitar case and there's a brand new Les Paul Custom with a, with a Bigsby. I said, okay, I'll join your band. <laughs> so, so, uh, you know, of course, that was another big turning point for me. And, uh, you know, I got to playing some gigs with around the, the, the London area and got to be the, uh, you know, the trio, uh, the guitar, bass and drums of, of this particular band became uh, the house band at this little coffee bar in the, in the West End of London where everybody used to congregate. It was called the Two Eyes Coffee Bar, and uh, a lot of guys had been discovered down there. You know, as they, you know, um, it was very small actually. It wasn't much bigger than this studio actually. <laughs> but people were coming. There was a stage up there. You could get about four people on there. You know, it started out with skiffle groups playing there, but then it became, you know, it became electric. You know, so uh, you know, people used to come in and sit in, and. Uh, well, you know, none of us sang at that time, so you know we all relied on guys getting up and singing, and there, there were always lots of willing guys <laughs> wanting to get up and, and sing rock and roll songs. You know, but of course we knew them. All.
Incidentally, one of the guys who used to come in there regularly was Jimmy Page. And uh, he, he loved my Les Paul and my Supro so much that he, not long after that, he bought the same rig. Ah. But he bought he bought a, a smaller Supro. He didn't get the the bigger one, you know. And I think he used that Supro on some of the Zeppelin albums, actually. Wow. So uh, yeah, we're we're around the same age. I'm a, just a few months older than he is. So I used to see him regularly there. <laughs> I'm already homeless. What can they do to me? It's, it's uh, not politically correct. I like it. No, it's not. Po- in no, fact, what I was going to say after you introduced, introduced me, because you did introduce us, right? We're done with all that shit, right? Yeah, <laughs> we're done with it. I was just going to say, I've been watching Facebook, and anybody that supports Donald Trump isn't ignorant fucking piece of shit. <laughs> well, wait a minute. <laughs> and, and hey, we don't I'm need to done, go there. That's all I'm done with. Okay. So now that that's over with, right, so now let's talk about guitars and stuff. That's, we got the political part of the show out of the way. <laughs> okay, so two out of the three people who listen to us are gone now. <laughs> <laughs> Wanks begin. Wanks begin. There you okay. go. Okay, that's a good intro. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. I'm waiting for this thing to start. I'm just kind of, I'm on the clock here. I got two record dates and a paper route to do. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. I'm just saying. I got it. You know, maybe, you maybe, it. maybe other people won't get this, but I got it. Got it, good. Hey, Troy, you know the difference between a shithead and a brown noser? <laughs> but I'm dying to find out. Depth perception. <laughs> I'm kind of coming from the same place. I'm kind of like a, a song guy, a writer. Yeah, that's what I'm guy. saying. Like, you know, like, like, So he's just copying Michael Jackson and he's yeah, playing it in a different way, yeah. which is amazing. And there, There's so many of those yeah. guys that they're really great at what they do, but then they just play other people's music. So, so, And their other people's music is a vehicle for them to play their instrument. And there's nothing really wrong with that. No, of course but not. I, but, and there's no. nothing wrong with it at all, but I just... It's not what really... Because we're talking me, I guess. opening new ground and taking things to another yeah. level. I, like I say, I don't want to hear that it's the, it's not the instrument that's important to me. It's the music. Mm. Like, I want to hear someone create some music that I've never, ever heard in my life before that is really good. But you know? if, if you play all the parts of a symphony or a Michael Jackson tune on the guitar, which has never before been... It's like a Him- you know a Himalayan mountain that no one's ever climbed. 
It's something you've never heard before, sure. and yeah, it sure yeah. is amazing. Yeah. And, you know, it's that guy's work, and that's what he wants to do. And there are yeah. people who dig it, and the people who are going, like, I'd rather hear this. You know, it's starting to sound like the wrong definition. Right, okay. You know what I mean? It's like oral sex. <laughs> we, we know what we think when we hear the words oral sex, but oral sex could be talking about sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn, he just pulled a fucking James Bond move on us right there. You know what I mean? That's my point. It's like, why are we talking about this? It's I I, I, I just think that Jacob Call You're Doing Don't You Worry About a Thing, which was that, I've, of course, seen that YouTube video. I don't, I don't think anybody on earth hasn't. I don't um, think I Well, you need to. I need to. Uh, you know, or somebody, whether it's like tapping on the guitar, whether it's shitting on the guitar, <laughs> or whether it's burping on the guitar, or farting through the guitar, or just not even having a guitar and making music. You know, I mean, it's like writing a song with words, writing a song without words. I mean, whatever, do your thing. You know, I mean, let's all live in the moment and stop trying to analyze, judge, analyze, or validate ourselves through one thing or another. I mean, it's great to have opinions because when you have an opinion, it informs what you're going to do yourself. Right. You listen to this person, you go, this is brilliant. I don't like this about it. I like this about it. And you take what you like, much like Scott mentioned with the whole transcription thing. You take what you like and it becomes part of the cauldron, the, the, the stew you make that becomes yourself. And if you're the guy that digs the technical challenge to do all the parts of a symphony on the guitar, then that's what you should do. And if you're the person that needs to write a song and create something new on the earth and then expound on that, then you should do that. If you're the person that wants to make a new sound that's never been made before, even though it's shitty, <laughs> then you should do that. Yeah. And he's right. He's exact, exactly right. The point I'm making, I think, is that being an opinionated person and opinionated about what I like mm -hmm. is that I get tired of circus acts. You know, like when I see somebody that's technical on the acts, it reminds me of going to the circus. Right. Like, yeah. I'll go see it, and I'll go, I'll be wild, wowed by it, and then I'll go next year and see it again. But I'm not likely to listen to it every day. You know, where there are some things that are so great, I could listen to them every single day. Exactly. That's, just because exactly. And I know another yeah. band that I'll take it even deeper, and I'm sure you'll really enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a jazz band that everything they do, they, their arrangements are so meticulous, and they play so beautifully, and they're so badass, but it's like porno. Because it's contrived. You know basically what's going to happen mm -hmm. every time you listen to it. Who is it? Who is it? I'm not going to say. Ah, oh, but, but, no, think about this in context. That these brilliant players, super competitive, super really, you know, this has got to be this way. And everybody's shit is just so worked out and it goes off like clockwork. Every time they play, every arrangement they play is kind of basically you know, crafted the same way. High degree of intricacy with a high degree of setting up what everybody's personal style can really, you know, and it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. It's brilliantly conceived and even more brilliantly performed. Mm. And yet at the same time, for me, it's like watching porno. 
because I know what's going to happen at the end. I know how it's all, you know, the guy, the guy delivered a pizza this time. Oh, yeah, the postman <laughs> came this time. Oh, yeah, the car mechanic came this time. But we know where it's going. Have I heard this band? Maybe, maybe not. But, <laughs> but the fact is, is that's what it is, and it always delivers the cum shot at the end. Uh, and that's what they are. And, you know, more power to them. You know, that's their thing, and I know these people. And it fits personally, perfectly into their worldview and their musical worldview and everything. And, you know, okay, there's a lot of shit I like in that. And there's a lot of shit because I happen to have played with the players that they got a lot of that from. Mm. So I know where that, what that's coming from. And I, a lot of that is in my music. But not to the, you know, not only that and not to the level. So you're talking in a jazz world. Yes, right. yes. But I'm just saying that is not, I'm sure that's not, I'm sure we could find numerous examples of that in all the genres across music. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, and again, if that's your thing. That's fine. Great. Yeah, do it, you know, but yeah. don't expect me to like say the best things about it you know i mean and who gives a fuck what i say i mean people are listening to this i'm sh i'm sure that people are having hopefully some entertainment listening to this but i'm not expecting people to either a agree with me or adopt my philosophies i'm just saying them and maybe they'll think about shit and they'll like say god that's the most full of shit human i ever met <laughs> or you know he's got a point but he's really full of shit or maybe you know i like him and i'll invite him to dinner but i'm gonna keep him away from my old lady whatever you know <laughs> Keep picking that thing, it'll never heal. Guys, great show. Thank you for talking with us, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Bruce. I bid you all fondue. Later, bitches. You're welcome, Troy. See you later. Scott, always a pleasure. You guys suck. Ooh. You said you wanted some feedback. <laughs> New guitar tones by Scott Henderson. And Bruce, always a pleasure. It's... It, Boy, if you think that's a pleasure, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> I learned nothing. Bruce. In all my years in the music business, I've learned one thing. Unfortunately, that's not enough. For the viewers out there, one tip for the week. Don't listen to this podcast. That's a great one. Thanks, Scott. Bruce? Floss daily. Oh, you have to say tip. Oh, any any tips for the viewers out there? Please, nothing sexual. And he's not even Jewish. <laughs> Anything to add to that? Five. This, um, is, this is what I'm dealing with. Like, if, if A hits 440, sell. Later, bitches.